Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be now what we see in these few verses is that God delivered Israel out from oppression and into peace through servant leaders who had a heart like that of God. So now Judges 10 and 6. Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and and the Ashtoreths, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the people of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, and they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. Guys, doesn't this just absolutely break your heart to see them going this way again? 45 years, though, that's enough time to forget all the good things that God has done. You've got a whole new generation of people now that have forgotten what God has done in that time of 45 years. And this is exactly why Israel is going to fall back down into another downward spiral again. And here they go. They forsook the Lord and did not serve him. And so you see the list of these other false gods that they served. It also, in these passages in verse 6, it gives us the, the people groups that invented those gods. Invented, I said, because they're not real. They made them up. What this means is that Israel started wanting to be like everybody else. They stopped being unique unto God. The word holy means set apart. Set apart. God wants his people to be unique and set apart for him. Yes, when you're set apart for God, it's going to make you look different. (laughs) But that's holiness. That's what being holy is. And Israel stopped being holy because they wanted to be like everybody else. And so they served their gods to be like them. Israel lost their holiness. Judges 10 and 7. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. From that year, they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. All the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan and in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah also, against Benjamin, and against the house of Ephraim so that Israel was severely distressed. Okay, so here goes the same pattern all over again. I mean, we've seen this before. Man is sinful. He turns away from God, and it gets gets man into trouble every single time. And so it says that God sold them. I really hope you see that. Do you see that? This is a major point. It says that God, S-O-L-D, he sold them. What does it make you think of when somebody sells someone off into oppression? Makes you think of slavery, doesn't it? Slavery. I mean, you you almost say the word and people get upset. It's it's like one of those no-no words. Don't say that today. But it says here that God sold them. 
I want you to hear something that Jesus said in John 8 and 34. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Let me say that again. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. You know, Israel sinned themselves into slavery. They sinned their ways right in, in their way right into it, and God sold them. Now, that's quite a tough thing to think of God doing, because people say, well, that's not my God. My God would never do that. Well, the God you invented would not do that, but the God of the Bible did. God is very strict and severely wrathful against sin. He sold Israel off. And, and to my friends out there who are Gentiles, I'm a Gentile too. If God would do this to his own people, the Jews, what do you think he would do to us Gentiles? Do you think we'd be any better off for sinning? No. He'd do the same thing to to us. If he did it to them, he would certainly do it to us too. So get right with Jesus. Get repentant of your sin. So he sold Israel off, and the oppression starts back up all over again in Judges 10 and 10. And the, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, because we have forsaken our God and served the Baals. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, and from the people of Ammon, and from the Philistines? Also, the Sidonians and Amalekites and Maonites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Wow, can you imagine hearing those words from God himself? I will deliver you no more. Can you imagine hearing that? Hearing this, if God said this to me, it would just. It would suck the breath right out of me. So what do we do now? What do we do now? They're probably thinking, well, there's one thing here that Israel did right. Did you catch it? It's something they did that was right that we really need to catch. They confessed. They confessed. They said, we have sinned against you. We have forsaken our God and served the Baals. Israel just confessed their sin. For real. They didn't just, oh, we're sorry, God. No, they gave specifics. They didn't only say they messed up. They specified what they did. We have forsaken God and served the Baals. They're they're getting real. You know, God's not playing around here. And so Israel isn't playing around either. But you watch what they do next. This is so good. Judges 10 and 15. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Friends, we really have to pay close, sharp attention to the fact that their confession of sin was so sorrowful It was so genuine and so desperate that they actually followed up their repentance, their confession. They followed it by getting the false gods out of their lives, and they got back to serving God. 
they turned it around. They didn't just say, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, like most people do, and they don't put any action behind it. They confessed with detail, showing that they knew what they did wrong, and they did the necessary work required to live it out, to actually turn back the other way, back to serving God again. They really got real with it. Their repentance produced an authentic change. When they confessed their sin, they proved that they meant it by getting real and doing it. Now, that's what a healthy fear of the Lord will do to you. It'll get you real with God real quick. Now, in their repentance here, man, I I can just see lots of altars being torn down. I can see idols being smashed into pieces, people hurrying frantically through their tents and, and digging out everything that rivals against the Lord and destroying it. Gone. Throw it off the cliff, throw it off a mountain, smash it with hammers, whatever. They're getting it out of their lives. Israel is quickly moving back to holiness again. That's so good. Judges 10 and 17. Then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped in Gilead, and the children of Israel assembled together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people, the leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is the man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Now, in the Bible, when a people encamps against another people, that signals the intention to fight. That means we're going to come and fight you. But there's a big problem here. God said, I will deliver you no more. And so our now these now repentant Israelites, they realize something. We need to find somebody that will fight for us. They're repentant, they're getting right, but we got we, we got to find somebody. Now, in the past, God sent Israel a prophet. In the past, God raised up somebody like Joshua and, and Gideon, people who would fight for Israel. But now, God said, I'm not going to keep doing that anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. So now Israel has to look. Israel has to look. God already sent Now Israel has to seek. Who is the man who will begin this fight? Who will deliver us? You know, I want to wrap up this chapter with some thoughts for you to consider for your own life. Abimelech, he had come and done a lot of damage, and he messed a lot of things up and caused Israel to fall into sin. Tola came with restoration. Jair came with power and riches, nobility, and together, Both men used the authority that was, hello, given to them. They didn't steal it. Tola and Jer had their authority given. They used the authority that was given to them to build others up. Tola and Jer were judges. They were not kings. This means that their authority was given to them by the nations, by, by the nation of Israel. Dictators like Abimelech are those who seize authority. They take it. Big difference. Now, even Satan one time, he tried to take God's authority, but both Satan and Abimelech fell for that attitude. I mean, it's a bad attitude to try to steal authority. You're going to go down for that. You cannot trust authority. Thieves, the authority thieves, because their their intention is self-gain at the expense of others. You can't trust them. They're in it for themselves. However, you can trust somebody that has been given authority because their intention is going to be for the selfless gain of others at their own expense. 
Tola and Jer, they gave their own expense to build up others. They had been given authority. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Friends, Jesus is trustworthy. This is why you can trust him. He's been given that authority by the Father God. He did not come to tear you down. He came to raise you up and not at your expense. Jesus died on the cross for you at his own expense. Mark 10:45 For even the son of man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, Tola and Jer, they exercised their authority and their wealth to restore Israel back again, back from the damage of Israel's inner conflict. There were no foreign oppressors at that time. It was an inner conflict. Now, Jesus used his authority that was given to him and his wealth. He works by the riches of God, right? To restore you back again. Again, from what? Back from the damage of your own inner conflict, which is the inner conflict of sin. Remember, Tola specialized in restoration and Jair specialized in building things that last. You remember the 30 towns of his sons that lasted for so long that the author said, they're still there. (laughs) They built things that last. Together, these two servants give us a great picture of Jesus Christ because Jesus specializes in restoration and Jesus knows how to build things that last. 2 Corinthians 5.1 For we know that if our earthly house This tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. (laughs) Friends, if the Bible does not excite you, then you ain't reading it. We have just seen the gospel of Jesus played out to us in this story here in Judges 10. Israel lost their holiness with God because they wanted to be like everybody else, and that caused them to sin. And sin causes you to be sold off as a slave into oppression. But once they experienced the wrath of God, they quickly learned what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7.10. It says, Godly sorrow produces repentance. Now, this is why Israel threw the false gods out. That's the, they were sorry about their sin. You know, today, people are not sorry for their sin anymore. They think they have some kind of actual right to have it. They march in the streets to have it. They go and and shake their fists in the air, and they they yell, and, and they get mad because they want their sin, and they demand to have it. Now, you just read how quick Israel was to get the sin out of their lives. Why aren't more people being like this today? You know why? Because they're non-repentant. They don't want to repent. There's a new false gospel out there in the world today that makes people think that they can trick God, that they can fool God into saving them with cheap lip service. They think all they got to do is say, well, Jesus is Lord, but there's no repentance required. They just say, okay, Jesus, you're my Lord, but they don't have to demonstrate it through repentance like Israel did. They 
people that believe this false gospel, they they believe that they get to keep all the false gods in their lives. They don't have to get the false gods out and that they can be just like everybody else. And so what ends up happening is they lose their holiness with God because they would rather follow the world than follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, the Bible says that many, not few, but many, many people who think they're saved are not. They're just not saved. They're deceived. And they will be told by the Lord himself, depart from me, for I never knew you. There, it talks about it, Matthew seven twenty one. They, they appear, hey, Lord, we're here, we're here. We did all this great stuff for you. Ain't we cool? And he's going to say, I never knew you. Didn't know you. You never gave me the chance to be your Lord. You never invited me. You never turned your life over to me. You got to get out of here. You got to go. I never knew you. And it's going to be the shock of their their existence to hear this, thinking they're saved. They're so saved, only to find out they're not. If this scares you, and I hope it does, then it will push you to confess your sins, because that's what it took to get Israel to confess theirs. They had to be scared of the wrath of God to get that repentant, and that actually made them do the work necessary to repent of it. They actually got the gods out. They actually cleaned up. But if this does not scare you, then you are sold off into slavery. And believe me, God does this because we just read that he does. He did it to his own people. You think he wouldn't do that to you for some reason? You're special? (laughs) If this doesn't scare you, you're sold off into slavery and you've got trouble with God. But if this does concern you, if it does scare you and concern you, then I would advise you to do like the Israelites did right here at the end of Judges 10 when they said this. They said, Who is the man who will begin the fight? Israel started to look. They started to seek to find a deliverer. Proverbs 8.17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. You know, friends, I can help you look. (laughs) I can help you look. That's what I'm here for. This is why I get on this radio uh, show here and, and, and talk about the gospel. I can help you look for the deliverer, the one who will fight for you. Just like Israel said, who's going to fight for us? I'll tell you who will fight for you. I will show you the verse that tells exactly who can save you from the slavery of sin. And there's many, but here's one. Galatians 5 and 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ, that's the Messiah, Jesus, by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Friends, Jesus Christ, Jesus, is the deliverer that you're looking for. If you're going to look for somebody to fight for you, that's him. Jesus is trustworthy. He has been given that authority. He will build you up, not tear you down. But can you imagine how hard It must have been for Tola and Jair to win the people's trust after all the damage and all the pain that Abimelech had brought on them. But yet, Tola and Jair did. They did eventually build the people back up again, didn't they? I want to ask you, has it been hard for you to trust Jesus enough to give him your life? I know you've been hurt. I know you've had people do damage to you. And I know sin has really done a bad number on you. 
But is that why you're having a hard time trusting Jesus enough to release your life to him? Let me show you something in Psalm 23, verse 3. It says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores, guys. Just like Jared did and Tola did. They restored. You know, I was finishing up my study on this message the other day, and I was just getting ready to leave my computer when I heard this email alert that hit. So I checked my inbox, and I saw that I got a message from a federal loan company. It was a group that I had my student loans through when I went to college. Recently, my wife Anna and I, we put this big, big chunk of money to kill off the last of my student debt because we didn't like that debt sitting over our head. So we put this big chunk of money to kill it off. And so the email from the federal loan company, it had a PDF file in it. And the name of the PDF file was called, it was titled this, it was called Paid in Full. Paid in Full. I had just finished this gospel message here of of Judges 10, and then ding, Paid in Full showed up in my inbox. You know, God has a perfect timing, a way to give us little reminders like, like this, that our sin had caused a huge Great big debt. But Jesus paid a big price, a huge amount. We'll probably never know how much it really cost. He paid a huge, astronomically high price for us on the cross. And those of us who have made him Lord and Savior, we are bought back again, out of slavery, paid in full, restored again. Friends, I'm telling you, you can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll build you up, and He built you an eternal place in heaven that will last forever. Father God, I ask you to bless all those who have heard me today. Lord, some people have been hesitant about turning their life over because they're still just trying to do it themselves. They're still not ready. Lord, show them that they can trust you. Lord, you have demonstrated in their life already. You have saved them out of situation, out of situation. You have proven yourself to them, Lord, and now it's time for them to release their life to you. Lord, work in their hearts, work in their minds, and show them that now is the time to get right with you, that we are sinners, all of us, and we have nothing to pay for our debt, but you did all at once on the cross that what would have taken us an eternity to pay for in hell, Lord Jesus, you took care of in one day on the cross. You went through all that for me and for everyone listening to me right now. Save your people, draw your people, Lord God, and show them that you are trustworthy, that you have the authority to restore them back again and set them back in paths of righteousness and back in holiness that we once lost. Show us, Lord God, how to walk in holiness to be unique to you, that we don't leave our holiness to be like everybody else and serve their invented, made-up gods. We follow you, the one true God of Israel. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.